are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that, and like you, right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. shine. Five years? Probably five years. What brought you here? Oh. Marnie or? I just Googled non-denominational churches in Columbiana, and this was the closest one to my house, but I'd been told it was a cult, so I didn't come right away. I tried some other churches first, and I got bad vibes, and so I was like, forget it. I'm going to Can the Can we say room. that in the podcast? Um, <laughs> absolutely, because um, I don't know if you listened to Shirley... But she spoke on the podcast earlier, and that was one of the things that they were dealing with even when the upper room started, is that her friends were concerned that the upper room was a cult even when... Because they talked about Jesus, the one lady called her. You met Michael here, though, right? I did, but I met Marnie first. I met Marnie at a small group, and we became friends because we both loved sheep. That's a really great sentence. (laughs) <laughs> and I would write that down and like we both love sheep. hang that somewhere. You married in 2019? Yeah. Frame it. So besides art, well, that is your hobby, right? You have a studio. I do. You paint ceramics. What do you call that? There's like a technical term for it, but I don't think anyone would know it. What is it? Scraffito. Ooh, that's a fun word. Uh, thank you guys for doing this. I know you probably had like a long full day before this and then two (laughs) podcast interviews. So thank you. It's our pleasure. But it's just like a conversation. We're just chatting. This is what, this is it right here. Us in our sweatshirts. Cup of tea. It's still cold in here. I need a blanket. I wanted to, do you guys have names for today? Do you have names for us? Maybe. This is my favorite. But I might not know how to pronounce them. I have to see. Oh, come on. Come on. Kate and Beth in Icelandic are Kate and Beth. So. <laughs> what? I thought I was going to give you something really crazy like Kitjavik or something. Yeah. I'm going to pick another language. You're just Kate and Beth in like every language. What is this? This is ridiculous. Arabic, you have to be something. Something. Kit and Beth. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that. We'll do that. What, what? are you? <laughs> Wayosli. <laughs> Welcome, Sorry. let's do it. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. This is Bet. This is Kit. And this is Wayosley. <laughs> Welcome. We are here with the lovely, radiant Wesley Broderick. Yay. Welcome, Wesley. Hello. Thank you so much, you guys. So good. So good to this have you on. This is a big week for you because by the time this podcast launches... You will have given the sermon yes. on Sunday. I know. I didn't even oh. have time to be nervous for this. We I've could just only been nervous see into the future. <laughs> so we're happy to have Wesley with what us. What a phenomenal sermon. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Kim. Life-changing. I took notes. I'm glad. Check her out on the YouTube channel. See her in person. I'll be there. Wesley was born and raised in Columbiana, Ohio, and she is a Columbiana Clipper from the class of 2010. She attended the University of Toledo and studied interpersonal communication and studio fine arts. 
She is the proud owner and operator of West Meadow Pottery. She works for the SMARTS program, SMARTS as in S-M-A-R-T. What's that stand for? Students Motivated by the Arts. And she is motivating all the junior high kids at Liberty Junior High because she is their art teacher. I believe it. She also teaches (laughs) junior high Sunday school at the Upper Room. She is a small group leader for the junior high girls called Beloved. She's been at the Upper Room for five years. And you have to tell us, how did you get here? I got here. I Googled non-denominational churches in Columbiana because I was coming off of a year-long internship in Colorado and I needed a place. And I tried some other places, but then I tried it anyway, and then I never (laughs) left because it was awesome. (laughs) So she's been at the Upper Room for five years. She first met her future mother-in-law, Marnie, in a small group. And later she met her, Marnie's handsome son, Michael, who's been on the podcast. Yeah. I don't know what episode he is, but he was great. Check him out, Michael Broderick. They've been married since August 2019. Newlyweds moving into the year of 2020. They bought a house on Main Street in Clemiana and are fixing it up. And Wesley has an art studio in her house. And she makes lovely mugs and ornaments and all the other things. All this fascinating stuff. She's also an expert in Scraffito. Google it. So thanks, Wesley, for joining us today. Yeah, yeah. thank you. for coming. Of course. Can I just tell you, though, about the Marnie thing? Yes. I'm going to butcher her accent, but I know when I met her, she went home and said to Michael, Michael, I met the perfect girl for you. Her name's Wesley. And he didn't believe her because it was his mom. And then we did end up becoming good friends and dating after like three years of friendship. So thank you, Marnie. That's so lovely. Yeah, isn't that funny? Oh, and Marnie, if you're story. listening, we miss you and we love you we and we do. think of you often. Yep, all the time. I pray for you every time I drive past Lampus Farm. So Yeah. And I look at her Instagram and become mildly jealous. At That's so beautiful. The amazing views. Yeah. So Marnie, She's we the, love you and we miss you. Yes. Yeah. She's the only one who's allowed to call me Wesley. Wesley. So Wesley, tell us who or what turned your light on. Am I allowed to avenge my name first? Did I say it wrong? No. I've just come to avenge my name. I love this. Do it. Okay. Because on Michael's podcast. How dare he? I know. He told everybody that I needed all these gifts. Oh, on Christmas? (gasps) I was going to mention that. Like, I'm so materialistic. Why do you want so much stuff? I know. But he did not mention that I just like opening things. It could be a little nail polish or a new pen. Oh, he said that. He said they didn't have to be expensive gifts. He said little things. It is little things. But quantity was important. Quantity, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> but do avenge. Go but ahead. do So there's like a running joke in my family that it's funny to watch me open gifts because I get so excited. So that's just part of it. I enjoy opening and then like thanking the person because it's a thoughtful thing. But I feel like he made me sound somewhat needy in the gift-giving area. And so I felt I needed to avenge myself. He worked really hard for that. He did. He wrapped up yogurt cups. and. (laughs) (laughs) I do think, though, that this would be a great time to discuss that there are different love languages. And although to some who might be listening, the thought of 
lots of Christmas gifts may seem oh, materialistic. However, if you have that love language that is receiving gifts, even if it is something really small like a pen or you shopped at the dollar store, it's the thought that counts, even if it's small. Yes. yes. And I love giving gifts yes. more than that even. So it's fun. I like to stock up stocking stuffers for other people it's fun to open stocking stuffers are my favorite thing i know like look i know all your favorite snacks that's intimate and people who have that specific love language often give their love language you know what i mean like if it's gifts you that's how they show love right that's how they they want to show love you've been avenged thank you i love that (laughs) so wesley who or what turned your light on Well, I grew up in a lovely home. I don't really know that I grew up in a very religious home. So it's really fun to listen to the other people who come on here and like are able to talk about growing up in a Christian household. My parents aren't like Wiccans or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we didn't really talk about like God or anything. And my parents got divorced when I was three. So I think they were just trying to like do it. You know what I mean? Get by. So I had a really happy childhood and I love Jesus from when I can remember. I don't remember how I heard about him. I just know that ever since I was a child, I knew that he loved me, knew that he was never going to be mad at me for like messing up. I knew there was nothing I could do to screw up his love for me. And so even though my parents didn't necessarily talk about God that much, they showed that to me for sure, even in both of their different parenting styles. I just knew that I was very lavishly loved. Maybe part of that is because of the divorce. It was like, don't mess up your kid, which is fine because I had a very happy childhood. <laughs> so that was okay. Do you remember who introduced you to Jesus? No, I really don't. I remember going to Barnes and Noble as like a preteen and getting, there were these magazines. They were Bibles, but they were in the form of magazines. So it was like for teen girls, you know? And I was just enamored with those. I would flip through the Bible magazine and I loved going to vacation Bible school, but I was painfully shy as a child. Wow. So I was not there for the other kids. I was strictly there because I like actually enjoyed learning about God and the the dances. Oh, what are they? Like, who's the king of the jungle? Hoo-hoo. And there's like an ape noise and you do camp the dances. Songs. Yeah, like camp songs. Bible camp songs. Like dancing for Jesus was fun. Or that King David song, I'll become even more undignified than this. I loved that going to vacation Bible school, but I was painfully shy. So I didn't make friends with anyone. I wasn't there for that. (laughs) It's all about Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, my parents were wonderful. And and I did watch stuff like VeggieTales. I wasn't totally out of the loop. But to hear Michael and his siblings talk about some of the things they grew up with, you know, the church, quote unquote, church stuff. I'm like, Oh, I what was that? I wasn't who's salty? You know Salty? Salty, The songbook, I do. (laughs) You you knew Salty. I did not know Salty. That's okay. Yeah, so I was always really showered with love. I feel like I learned to be really independent from being an only child of divorced parents. Not in a bad way, but like at Girl Scout camp, I would scoff at the girls who were homesick. Like, what a little pug. (laughs) I would, they'd be sad in the cabin, you know, like so sad that they were missing six days at home. And I'd go in and talk to them and be like, listen, you're going to be home soon. Just en- <laughs> just enjoy your camp experience. Like I had no patience for kids who couldn't be away from their parents because I was like, this is just life. You were eight years old and you have to man up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 
You're um, eight. What's wrong? So I had really solid friends growing up as well. Solid friends in high school who were Christians. And so like we were good kids. I wasn't a troublemaker. But I think that that sort of resulted in just doing things because they were good. I wasn't out partying or anything. And I would be like, man, what are these high school kids doing? We're we're 17. Like, just go to school. It's not the end of the world. So just being a good kid, and that was fine, but I didn't, I wasn't consciously making God-pleasing decisions, if that makes sense. I was just doing the good kid thing. And that's also good. I hope my kids someday are good kids. But it wasn't until I got to college that I sort of, I would say Jesus reintroduced himself to me because I loved him from childhood. But I I went to college at the University of Toledo. I could not wait to get out of Columbiana. My mom and I were just like fighting so much. I could not wait to leave the house. She was having some health issues and I was just like gone. Sorry, mom. Did you plan on leaving and then staying away? I mean, was that the plan? Like, I yeah, I don't think I out. ever ever thought that I would live in Columbiana. I wanted to go to a bigger city, just be gone, where there were more opportunities and career things. So the University of Toledo was great. My cousin went there, my cousin Lisa, who I grew up really close with. When people find out I'm an only child, they are sometimes surprised. And that makes me happy because I know some people- You're so well acclimated. Thank you. I know some people (laughs) who are only children, who are not only children, who act like spoiled only children. And I'm like, you're giving us a bad name. Mm. I know. I had lots of cousins. They fed me dog food. They told me there was a boogeyman in the closet. Like, oh my gosh. Well adjusted. Yeah. So thank you to my cousins. But my cousin Lisa, who I grew up really close with, went to the University of Toledo before me. And she studied art there. She's super talented. But I was just really searching and trying to figure out who are my people. You know, like mm. if you go away, who are my people? What am I doing here? What is my faith now that I'm away from home? And I remember one night I was walking across campus with Lisa, my cousin, and another one of my friends who I had made. It was sunset. It's a really beautiful campus with a big, tall bell tower, very pretty. And there's this group of people playing worship music on the front lawn, like on the steps in the middle of campus. And of course, there were a few like cute guys in bare feet playing guitar. And I was like, who are those people? Not even for the guys, but like, (laughs) who are those people playing worship music? I'm intrigued. So I convinced my two friends to come over and sit down on the lawn with me and listen. There was a pastor there who gave a really beautiful message. It was just clear that everyone who was there, their purpose there was to worship Jesus. And I was like, oh, are these are these my people? Like maybe this is this is it. And so at the end of the service, they asked all the new people to stand up so that they could give us hugs. Oh, I know. And my two friends bailed. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Bye." <laughs> they just left me sitting there. Yeah, I can see that. But I was like, "No, I have to stay. I want to see where this goes. Like, who are these people that are willing to meet every single new person who just showed up tonight? That's pretty cool." I went up and I stood up there and I got hugged by like 80 people. Okay. A little strange, Uh admittedly. They did stop doing that after a period of time. But it was called Zakuska, this ministry, which means snack in Russian. Nothing specific. They just wanted an interesting name. Okay. And it was this young adult ministry for ages 18 to 29. And I used to walk like a mile off campus to this little tiny church 
to go to these services. It was like 30 people in this little church. But by the time I left college, that ministry had grown from 30 people in a church to like 400 young adults. Like crazy. That's where I got really mentored by a few awesome um, women who were in graduate school and took me under their wing. So like a week after the worship happened, I went to a picnic with Sakuska and I met this great girl and she asked me if I wanted to go on a retreat with them. And I said, yes. So I went on a retreat with a whole bunch of people who I'd never met before. We went out into the woods and it was early fall and very pretty. I remember the pastor had us take our Bibles like halfway through the retreat and go out into the woods. And he said, just ask God to reveal himself to you. And so I took my Bible out into the woods by myself. I was just staring at my Bible like, what do I do now? (laughs) I don't know if I felt like I'd ever really heard from God, even though I knew that he was loving and I knew that he was always there and faithful and available. And it was then that I just felt so clearly that Jesus was there and he was real. And he was just so pleased that I was there by myself in the woods seeking him, even though I had no idea what I was doing. That is when I would say that Jesus reintroduced himself to me Mm. as an adult. And so I've since like, definitely wandered, definitely strayed. But the common thread is just that he has always been so faithful and has always met me where I'm at, even when I was not surrounded by people who believe the same way that I did. Were they your people? They were my people. Yeah, I met some of my best friends through that ministry. And my senior year, I ended up moving in with four other girls who I met at a small group there. We actually lived in a murder house. Yeah, we found out that two people had been bludgeoned to death in our living room. I know. It's very pleasant. Sure is. We had this really elderly neighbor, Lamar, who... He let you know about that? Yeah, he let me know. Uh I was there all by myself one night. It was this really big 1920s prohibition house with like a hidden wet bar in the basement and stuff on kind of a sketchy side of town. Mm -hmm. And I was home alone. And he said, well, you know about the murders, right? I was like, oh, yeah, like at our neighbor's house, Craig? Like, is that what you mean? He said, no, in your living room. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Lamar. Lamar. Thanks. He was like the neighborhood watchdog, so he told me all about the bludgeoning. Okay. (laughs) Very poetic. Yeah. Yeah. And then you slept soundly that evening. Yeah, then I went back inside and called all my roommates and (laughs) said, when are you coming home? (laughs) (laughs) And then I moved out promptly. It was a good house, though. It was a good house. There was, like, an attic in the very top with stained glass, like a stained glass skylight. So that's where we had our, like, little small groups and stuff. A lot of prayer over that house. (laughs) Wesley, what lights you up? Okay, I've been thinking a lot about this. There's a few things, but one of them, and I think it cannot go without being said, is my dog. Claire. She's not the main one, but she is Claire. I'm in love with her, and I want the world to know. Oh. She's a good girl. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Kate, do you not believe me? No, I do I do believe you. We just gaze into each other's eyes. Oh my gosh. I know, it's really beautiful. I mean, I know you loved her, but I didn't I know. I really, really love okay. her. She found her person in Claire. Yeah, she's my baby. Other things, in addition to Claire, I really love making stuff and creating things. I like being able to take something that didn't exist and then making something where there was nothing. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. I try to tell my students that, and they're just like, what are you talking about, Miss B? 
Like, they're not into it. But I like being Try. able to create stay something. Yeah, yeah, stay here. So I like being able to create something out of nothing. You should see her scraffito notes from sermons. It's Amazing. like beautiful. We sit oh, behind you. her in the row behind her and Michael and Peering they're amazing. Notes. I'm like, I want a copy of your sermon notes. <laughs> it's a piece of art. I enjoy note taking very much. One of the thing that continually just amazes me is the breadth of creativity at the upper room. Like the the amount of creativity or the creative people that are here. If I start to think about it, I'm so shocked at the ability and also like how broad the ability mm-hmm. is in the amount of wildly creative people. And you are so one of those. Oh, thank you. And thank you. I mean, she's willingly let people use her graffiti like Monica for kids who take... Oh, like little notes and stuff. Yeah, like she wanted them to take some sermon notes. And so Wesley created this template for them. The stuff that you've let the upper room use that's from you. Oh, so. I enjoy it. Thank you. That's really nice. There's some very creative people here, which is nice because as a creative person, it's hard to be inspired sometimes. But feed off of other people's energy is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Even when it's just like, you know, I know Chris is doing lino cut. I'm like, man, you know, haven't done that since college. It continues to inspire people. Yeah, creating things. Well, I actually went to college for English because I wanted to be a writer. I love writing. And I used to write like poetry. I had a few poems published in like some literary journals in college. And I actually wrote for our school newspaper, The Independent Collegian. And I had a parody fashion column. Oh, this is little known information. I like this. My pen name was Barb E. Doll. And there was a picture of me next to my column wearing cat eye glasses. And a big pink scarf. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And Wesley was our featured author in the Shine Bright newsletter the first week of March. So go and check that out. She tells us about her experience, what she thought she was eating guacamole. So if you want to check out some of her writings, look at the Shine Bright newsletter and find out. I did not tear apart anyone's fashion choices in the newsletter. I wasn't mean. So yeah, I ended up changing my major to interpersonal communication. After I realized that writing, I felt lonely. I would get calls from the newspaper at like 1030 asking like, can you do this piece for us by tomorrow? And I was like, I'm like a freshman in college and I'm not getting paid for this. No, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing at 1030 at night to write an article about a bar down the street. Like, no way. I did get to interview an archaeologist, though, at the Toledo Museum of Art, who was studying King Tut's footwear, which is very interesting. And he discovered that King Tut likely wore socks with his sandals. So major Egyptian fashion faux pas. Yeah. But you did English. You studied English and became an English teacher. Yeah, that but with the intention to teach. to teach. Right. Not just like sitting in a dark room by yourself, which is so good for some people. It is. But I was like, oh, I need people. So I changed to interpersonal communication and studio fine art. And so I'm glad that I pushed myself out of my comfort zone because I had this great ceramics professor, Karen Lingeman, who she let me take an upper level ceramics class when I had never taken any ceramics before. I thought that I would hate it. I did not want to get my hands in that wet clay and have dry hands. I already hate the feel of paper and I knew that having dry hands would make it so much worse. But she encouraged me And she let me into the upper level class, even though I had no idea what I was doing, and taught me how to throw, even though I was way behind everybody else. And then I ended up loving it. So I'm thankful for that. Mm. I learned how to weld 
and do some crazy sculptural stuff in college, which was fun. So I'm th I was thankful that I ended up, even though I didn't know what I was doing, mm -hmm. sort of getting out of my comfort zone and learning new things. And so the other thing that lights me up is just like connecting with people. I love one-on-one -on -one connection and getting coffee with people. And I love listening to other people's stories. I love the middle schoolers and the high school kids and being present and showing up. I like those things. I want to say that teaching lights me up, but also a kid stormed out of my classroom today and screamed the F word. So does it? <laughs> there are those days. <laughs> does it? <laughs> Not quite sure The about ones that, that. want to learn. Yeah, yeah, the ones that want to learn. And I guess the kids who are grace growers too. I mean, they are definitely grace growers. You will learn about yourself and if you let it it will change you hopefully for the better i know our kids here at the upper room have been so grateful for having you in the rotation of teaching junior yes. junior high sunday school it's oh my been, gosh they really enjoy all of their teachers but it's wesley every other week that's a fun treat for them Especially, oh, especially the young girls. I think they love to see women in leadership positions and so that they can see themselves yeah in the future not having had siblings, not that I think I'm like great at it. I would love to be more present than I am for the kids. There were times that I would have thought it would have been nice to maybe have like an older sister or someone to talk to about something that I didn't maybe want to talk to my mom about. And so I like the idea of people thinking of me as like a safe person to talk to, mm -hmm. though I do have students sometimes that I'm like, no, no, don't tell me that. Like Now we have to go to the counselor. But I still am thankful <laughs> for those moments. Yeah, I do love the kids. I feel like that's a gift children. that you have, though. Oh, thank that you. That people feel quickly connected to you. There are some people that are you just can connect to. I'm so glad. And I feel like you're one of those people where you're warm and engaging with people. And Thank you. I know, but Michael, he's going to stop going places with me because <laughs> we do get random strangers. <laughs> I lock eyes and then mm -hmm. they're next to me. And I'm like, how did I end up in this conversation about your mother and what she did to you as a child? It's a gift. I, I guess it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not one you love all the time, but... <laughs> it is good. But I'm, I'm thankful for it. it. It is sometimes. It puts you in some strange places, but I'm thankful. Mm -hmm. So tell us, how are you letting your light shine right now? Well, maybe like two weeks ago, I was in the shower. And you know how you have good ideas in the shower? It's like dopamine or something going on up there because you're relaxed. So you have good ideas. I was praying and I just asked, God, I feel like I'm constantly going back and forth. Like, what is the purpose of being good at art? I know that sounds horrible because there's many great artists and I see the purpose in their work, but I'm like, I can't go hand a mug to a homeless person. That does not help anybody. Like, what is the point of being good at something like this? And so I was just praying and asking for some clarity. And I really just felt like God was saying, when you make something, does it direct people's eyes to me? And if so, that's all you need to worry about. And if not, then like maybe reroute what you're working on and we can figure that out together. But the goal is to, to point people to me. That's it. That's all you have to do. And so I just have felt over the past few weeks, a lot of freedom in being able to create. I got off Instagram. I did not want to compare my work to other people. I did not want to post my stuff. I just wanted to like say, God, if I'm creating for you, then right now that's all I want to focus on. And I don't want to share everything that I make with the world because I sort of feel like then it's not just mine. Like I love to just like go in the backyard and draw Claire or 
work on something that I know is not going to reach social media. And because we live in this culture that is like, share everything, share what you made, make it a side hustle. It sometimes feels pointless to make something and then to not share some capacity of it. But I know that's not the case Mm -hmm. because I know that eventually, like in whatever way God will use it, if the goal is to seek him and to point people back to him, like none of that is useless in any form or craft or creativity. I do love being able to encourage people in my students and whoever that everyone is creative, whether that's, you know, like in the way you put words together or the way you connect with people. But I've just heard so many people say I'm not creative. And I would definitely argue if you're made in God's image, God is so creative. I mean, look at what he did, not only all of creation, like to look around you, but in the Bible, God was always creating. And so to say I'm not creative I just don't buy it. I, th- I see so much creativity in people and I want to be able to encourage people in that way. I definitely have students that tell me I'm lying when I say that I like their artwork. And I'm like, no, I'm not lying. First of all, I don't gain anything by lying to you and saying that your artwork is good. But also, there is always something good in it. Even if it's not necessarily beautiful, the way that you made it your own is beautiful the way that you used colors that represent you is beautiful. And so I would just argue that everybody is creative. We have an art club at Liberty. It's like my baby. It's like a little groupie of kids that show up to art club every week and we play art games. It's very (laughs) sweet. (laughs) And I really love about my job Though I don't love it all the time. I really love about my job and about certain friendships that I have. I I really enjoy interacting with people who are not Christians. Christians are great, too. (laughs) But I love, I don't know, Michael and I had a group of friends over not too, too long ago, maybe a few months ago. Some of the people who were there had, like, quite a mouth on them. And after they left, I was like, Michael, what would some of the people from our church think if they heard some of those things? And he was like... I don't know, they better think that we're hanging out with people the way Jesus would. And I was like, yeah, that's that's right. That's right. Not how I saw it, but true, I suppose. So I, I really enjoy being friends with people who are not just from the church. And I think that I, at least I hope that I do that well. And I love that my students are not, mostly not Christians. Mm-hmm. Got one student who's a Satanist, so working through that is a fun thing. But it definitely teaches me about having relationship with people before having an ulterior motive. Right. Of, well, if I can just get in there and share my agenda, like, that that would not fly. Mm. It really helps to focus on those relationships. And it's really beautiful. It teaches me more about being like Jesus, which is hard, but good. And it's good to be in relationships with people who aren't like you. It's so good. Oh my gosh, I would be so annoyed if I had to spend time with people who were only like Wesley. I just mean Christians in general. We kind of create our own little bubble and stay there sometimes. Yeah, I know. I feel like one of my greatest fears is just like getting too comfortable because it's so easy to do. Even in like COVID season, I love being cozy. I love being under blankets and just like reading my books and being at home alone. And I could do that for my whole life and it would be great. But I get really scared about just like being complacent, not willing to get uncomfortable. I've even been praying lately, like in my workouts with this YMCA reset thing. Sometimes I just choose the easy ones, you know? (laughs) 
And I've been like, God, I need to not be afraid to just like be exhausted and like go all out. And that applies to everything because I would love to just be comfy and cozy all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's just not, it's so great and it's not fulfilling. That's something I'm personally working through. March has definitely been challenging me because when Chris approached me about doing a sermon, he approached me when I felt like I had nothing to offer. That has required a lot of prayer and preparation and God's been pushing me out of my comfort zone and it's the best thing ever. I love when I look at your art. I think it reflects you. And when I see all of your art, whether it's your lettering or your pottery or your painting or drawing, it's happy and joyful and bright. I think it brings a lot of joy. You just look at it and you're like, oh, that's Wesley. And it brings joy and it's lovely. And I think your art reflects the person that you are. Thank you. I had to work to be okay with that because... At least in college, in the art world, it's pretty pretentious. Not a fan of that at all. That's part of the reason why I did not major in art, because I was like, who are these people? <laughs> like, you're good at art. You're not a brain surgeon. Like, get over yourself. <laughs> also, you're not that good, which is so mean. <laughs> so mean. But so I used to make things, not pretentious things, but that were maybe like a little bit less kitschy or less obvious. And I had a professor, yeah, like high art, like do the portfolio and the presentation and put Mm -hmm. on an exhibition. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. And I, I enjoyed that season, like the fine arts. But I had this professor who did not like that I was moving into this fun, quote unquote, kitschy, happy puns and jokes on my mugs kind of artwork. And... I was like, yeah, maybe she's right. Maybe I should just stick to fine art, write these extensive theses on what it means and how deep it is. But I'm like, is that reaching anybody? Like, is that making anyone smile? Is that making anybody laugh? Probably not. I want to stick a big nose on this mug and I want it to look at someone every single day from their cupboard (laughs) and make them giggle because it's weird and it has a big mustache. And so I had to like become okay with making just like happy things because I did not always. Hmm. And other kids in art class in college do not make happy things. They make (laughs) black things. Mm -hmm. A lot of blackness. I was like the oddball in some of my art classes. But I also made really great friends in them, which was amazing for so many other reasons. Because they were not like me and they were not happy, maybe gothic. And we became great friends and it was cool. Well, your art makes me happy. I'm glad. I shouldn't start making emo art. (laughs) (laughs) move into your your dark period (laughs) (laughs) my favorite part are you already ready did you write this down i can't read it from there oh i just have four words it's just about what i'm gonna say okay i hope you ask me what i think you're gonna ask me (laughs) or i'm terribly unprepared (laughs) wesley where do you stand on fundamental (laughs) (laughs) my eyes were bugging out of my head i'm just joking (laughs) Um, Okay. Is there anything else that you'd love to tell us? Random information. I do have a question. Can I attach a playlist? I think I asked you this. Can I attach a playlist to this podcast? Wowza. Let's It's like a feel-good, drive with your windows down, get happy I love this idea. Let's do it. Okay. Because it ties into my story. Okay, let's do it. Can I tell you a story? Yeah. 
Please. So I'm going to put Little Richard on this playlist. You know, Little Richard. Like, whoa. Yeah, he died. I know. Isn't Sorry. that horrible? I do know who he is. I though. saw him in concert when he was like 74 because I love. I used to perform Little Richard concerts. Oh, my gosh. With the one Little Richard CD from the library. I would take that out and I would do Good Golly Miss Molly Tutti Fruity <laughs> concerts in the living room. And I saw him in concert when he was 74 and he came out on crutches. I was telling my mom and my what? cousin, I was like, don't worry. He's going to throw him down. It's just a prank. He's going to start laughing. He's going to do a dance. No. His arthritis was just acting up. And so then he sat at the piano oh and played for the rest of the show. But So that's Little Richard. But what I really wanted to tell you is about the second person on the playlist who is Dean Martin, who I've also loved as a child mm. since I was an old person as a child. Mm-hmm. Telling and those eight-year-olds to get with it. <laughs> yeah. Stop being homesick. (laughs) I don't know why I started liking Dean Martin, but I I started with That's Amore. Like, what fun lyrics. Pizza pie. Yeah. And then it just just transpired into this whole love. And so Michael, when we were dating, took me to the Dean Martin Festival in Steubenville because that's where he was born. And there was a Dean Martin impersonator there who was like a young Dino. And he looked just like him and he sounded just like him he acted just like him he was walking around in a suit smoking a cigarette he talked like dean martin he was like very into the character and michael was trying to be supportive and he wanted me to go say hi to him and i couldn't do it and he was like he's not the real dean martin i was like i know but he kind of is do i know And I could not go say hi to him. I was so, so nervous and starstruck. And so we ended up, don't laugh, Kate. (laughs) (laughs) And so we went to see a different Dean Martin impersonator who was older, not as handsome. No, he didn't look as much like Dean, I should say. While the other Dean Martin impersonator was playing, young Dean came and sat at our table. Oh, my. I know. It was just me and Michael. We were by far the youngest people at the entire festival by many years. We were sitting in the back and young Dean came and sat next to us. Then the rest of the Rat Pack came and sat down at our table. I was losing my mind. So I was kind of like singing some of the songs, you know, just like mouthing along. Frank Sinatra. Sure. Yeah. He turned and he looked at me and he goes, What is a young girl like you doing knowing all these lyrics? And I was like, I don't know. I've just loved Dean Martin since I was little. And then Dean Martin and the Rat Pack gave Michael and I a private concert in our little back picnic table and sang sang to us. What? And they were like staring at me the entire time and my face was bright red. Oh my god! And it was amazing. I just recall being very starstruck by these men who were not in any way famous at all. (laughs) All impersonators. (laughs) So yeah, that is my story that I wanted to share. And I would like to include both of those lovely men on the playlist. There's also You Can Call Me Al by Paul Simon, which is important. That'll be on there. Okay. That's like my favorite, one of my favorite songs. That doesn't come with the story. Do, 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 do. No. Just the fun opening of the song. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm afraid to look up the meaning to it because I'm worried it'll be something sad. Because the lyrics are like weird, you know? But I like to just think of it as a happy song. (laughs) (laughs) 
so I don't look up what it actually means. Leave me in my ignorance. I have to. <laughs> that was a great random info segment. Thank you. I thought about telling an embarrassing story, but I thought I would save that for another time or when I'm talking to someone in person. Okay. Yeah. Because it, it comes with <clears throat> hand motions and acting. Oh. Are you milking something? I milked, um, I milked a milk machine. Okay. <laughs> I love how even as a young girl, even though you didn't go to church, but you went to vacation Bible school, just how I just see that relationship that you have with Jesus as being fun and light and loving, and he's so accepting. And I think because you felt that from him, that you are so good at giving that to other people. Mm, Thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Well, Wesley, we really appreciate you coming and joining us and sharing your light and your brightness with us. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This was very so fun. Good. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.